Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 through 18, and 22 to 23 and 26. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, 22 and 23 and 26. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies <clears throat> that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Verse 22 and 23, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Dear friends, verse 26, if we deliberately continue sinning after we received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. All right? Lord, I ask you for your power and grace. Help me bring a word, the word that you want to bring. Magnifying the preparation that's in me, but allow the Holy Spirit to take over and allow him to lead me down the path in which I should go. Lord, I ask you to trust me, but I ask you to, first of all, make me trust you so I can walk through this word how you intend me to walk through it. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you so much. Part three of our series of rest, God does not want your sacrifice. Part two. There are four contrast between the old sacrifices and the perfect sacrifice of Christ. First, the priest of the old sacrifice was never done with his work. This is pictured by having he had to always stand. But the minister of the perfect sacrifice sits. He completed his sacrifice forever. The earthly priest could never complete this work or the ministry and sacrifice his professed his profess were earthly and imperfect. Therefore, he could never sit down and be done with ministry for sacrifice for sin. But not Christ. Jesus Christ was sinless. The perfect son of God who made the earth in a body prepared, who came to earth in a body prepared by God himself. Therefore, he did not make the perfect sacrifice. He did make the perfect sacrifice and did complete his work. And when he finished, he was able to return to heaven and be seated forever and ever. In fact, God commanded Jesus to sit down. 
because his works were done. That's why Jesus said, you can do greater exploits in my name. Do you understand when we pray, sometimes I got to check myself because sometimes I'll be praying, Lord, please heal this person. Lord, please do this. Lord, if it's your will, Lord, no. God said you would do greater exploits in his name. He commanded Jesus to sit down because his work is finished and now he's given you his name. Now, every time you walk in the name of Jesus, you can walk in the power and the authority he's bestowed upon you. Oh, yeah, y'all don't see. So, so when you rest in Jesus, you're resting because you lean not on your own understanding. You rest in the, 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 the word of God and you rest in Jesus knowing that it's done and knowing that you can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens you. Not some things. Not most things, not a lot of things, but what? All things through Christ who strengthens you. Stop letting people tell you what you can and cannot do. Oh, y'all don't hear me what I'm saying. Stop letting people tell you what you cannot do because God said you can do all things through his son, Christ, who strengthens you. Acts 5 30 through 31 says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Now that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. He died and he was born again. Two, the priests of the old sacrifice made the same sacrificial offerings for sin over and over. But Jesus Christ made one sacrifice for sin forever. How could he do this? I stated earlier because he was perfect and eternal. The animals which were sacrificed were not. Therefore, they could never be the real sacrifice for man's sins. They could never take the sins of men upon themselves and bear the guilt and judgment for men. They could only symbolize what that, that, that man desperately needed, a perfect sacrifice. But this is the glorious gospel. Jesus Christ is perfect and eternal and a sacrifice for sin. He sacrificed his life for us. Bearing our sins and guilt and punishment for them. So basically, when God wanted to kill us because of sin, he took all his wrath out on Jesus. Jesus became every detestable thing that you would ever do, that you've ever done. He nailed it to the cross because those who whoever is nailed to a tree is cursed. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Purge, John 1, 29, now, now 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrifice for us. Did you hear that? Christ is what? He's our sacrifice. You, now you don't need to exegete Leviticus anymore. You don't need to worry about, do I get two bulls? Do I get two calves? Do I get a turtle dove? How do I make this sacrifice? You don't have to worry about that because Jesus has done everything for you. He's reconciled you back to God. You, he is your sacrificial lamb. 
See, see, he is your feast of unleavened bread. And normally I close with this sometimes, but I need you to know what it is. He is your blood covenant. He is your Sukkot. He is your feast of tabernacles. He is your feast of ingathering. He is your Passover. He's all of those, all of those Old Testament, Old Covenant holidays that were done for atonement. He has become all of those for us. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He, you don't have to worry about trying to go to, to, to the smorgasbord of the Old Testament rituals because Jesus became all of that for you. He, he fulfilled the law, and the law was broken on him. Why? Because the devil sent him to the cross. And the funny thing about it is God is so cool and so smooth with his comedy that when Peter rose up and said, don't go to the cross, Jesus said, get you behind me, Satan. How many times did the devil try to kill Jesus, but Jesus never let him do it? One time Jesus, I told you before, was on the edge of the mountain and teleported like Captain Kirk. Seriously, they ain't touching. They couldn't catch him because he said, it's not my time. Because why? The devil did not comprehend what Jesus was doing. And once the devil figured it out and tried to tell him not to go to the cross, then he rose up in Peter and said, don't go. And Jesus said, get you behind me, Satan, the joke on you. If you would have just left me alone then and not sent me to the cross, everybody would go to hell but me. But don't get it twisted, Satan. No man take my life. I lay it down. Yeah, see, if you really exegete the text, when they went to go get Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, they bowed down and worshipped him. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They worshipped him before they took him. Jesus put the ear back on the man after Peter tried to cut his head off and miss and cut his ear off. He put his ear back on. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, letting him know that everybody knew who he was. They knew who Jesus was. That's why Hebrews says, I already wrote on your heart who I am. They already know the truth. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. He reconciled you back to himself. And see, when you look at the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and, and, and the Passover Feast, those were all trying to bring us back to, to God. But remember when Jesus was on the cross, the veil was split from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top, but it's written from the top to the bottom because he wanted you to know he's the one that took the veil away. Now you don't have to go throw hail marriage to a priest and tell him all about your business. All you got to do is go to Jesus. Now you do got to confess your sins one to another, somebody you trust, but you don't have to just go to anybody. You can go to the throne boldly. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? See, back then, see what happened back in the day, you would, the priest, you know how everybody want to run up here and sing a solo even when they can't sing? You know how everybody want to go say something even though they can't read scripture? Yeah. I always want to read the scripture. Can't read A. But, 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 everybody, but back then, nobody wanted to be the person. Every year, a new priest would be the person that would go in the Holy of Holies. But they knew that they may not make it out. And what they would do, they would tie a rope around the priest's neck. I mean, not neck, around the priest's ankle. And they would walk and put a bell on them. Hallelujah. Oh. They would walk and put a bell on their, on, their, on, their, on their ankle just to make sure, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, that if he died, they could pull him out. We ain't going to go get you because to go to the Holy of Holies with God, 
you might not come back because God can't look at sin. And the priest would put blood of the animals upon himself to make sure he knew that he was cleansing himself and go before God. But if his heart wasn't right, oh, y'all didn't hear me. He didn't make it out. So they would walk in there and they'd get closer and they'd plug and he'd pull back and they'd be okay. Then if the bell stopped ringing, oh, man, come on, he ain't making it. And pull him on out. But now, because Jesus has reconciled you back to God, you can approach his throne boldly. Y'all don't hear me. You can approach his throne boldly. Can y'all get all this stuff straight before time next time? Because y'all distracting me. Boldly. See, the old sacrifice, three, the old sacrifice never took away sins, but the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ triumphs over all enemies. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor of God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humble and made a footstool under his feet. See, the enemies of man and God include all forces of evil, both physical and spiritual. This is exactly what Christ taught. They include all that stand opposed to men and God. Sin evil, disease, corruption, death, evil spirits, and Satan. The point is this. There is no way that the sacrifice of animals could ever conquer these forces and deliver men from the enslaving grip. But Jesus Christ can. How? By obeying God perfectly. He became the perfect sacrifice because he fulfilled the law. See, some of us want to have cheap grace, Bonhoeffer tells us. You want to have cheap grace and do what it is you want to do and say that the blood covers you. But that's cheap grace. Real grace says, I know Jesus died for me, so I'm going to try to do everything I'm supposed to do because God died for me to make sure I didn't have to die myself. Now, you're going to die, but you're going to live again. When you open up your eyes, if you call on Jesus, you open up your eyes in heaven and not hell. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. So what I'm trying to tell you is when he says you will continue in sin, it's because you keep making sacrifices with animals and bullocks and not accepting Jesus Christ as the perfect sacrifice. Let's get it real. Let's keep it real. At the end of the day, what we need to understand is this. What we need to understand is this. We all fall short and act like sin ain't intentional. You didn't trip and fall in what you fell in last night. Just keeping it 100. Ain't nobody just sin. If sin wasn't fun, you wouldn't do it. Keep it real. Now, one sin you did, you ain't like. Now, you might not have liked that you was doing it. But you didn't like what you was doing. <laughs> you, you feel me? Come on now. You, you felt bad. If you got a conscience, you didn't like that you was doing it, but you still liked what you did. Oh, y'all don't hit me. And so 
sin is always intentional. And so a lot of times, churches have led us astray because we keep saying, if you keep sinning on purpose, you're going to hell. Every sin you commit is on purpose. You can't tell me I mess up, I sin, even before I preach sometimes, trying to talk to y'all, getting mad. I'm going to use holy words, I promise you, from now on. <laughs> like, if you don't get it right, Forgot all about Jesus' name at church. Like every week I'm telling you this. But Jesus, I'm glad God don't see my mouth. He sees the precious blood of Jesus. And you wonder how I can be a pastor and I be snapping on you before I get in the pulpit because you ain't got it right? Because he don't see me. He see the blood of Jesus. Oh, Lord, if he saw me, y'all would need to go to another church. But because I'm covered with the blood of the Lamb, he doesn't see me. He doesn't see my flaws. He sees the precious blood of Jesus. And that's why I can approach his throne boldly. That's why. I can go to the Holy of Holies without you needing to tie a rope around my neck and put a bail on me to make sure I make it back. That's why I can go to my prayer closet and tell God to deal with my enemies, even though I probably put myself in that situation. That's why I can go to God and say, give me a good measure of blessing, press down, shaking together, and running over, even in the midst of a pandemic. You know why? Because whoever my enemy is, is an enemy of God. So you don't want to mess with me. If you're covered by the blood of Jesus, you're enemy is God's enemy. You better walk in that boldness. I'm not saying walk in arrogance. Because the minute you think you're doing it on your own, you ain't going to make it. You got to understand that it's God himself. He's the one that gave you the power to obtain wealth. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the alpha and the omega. And because Jesus died for you, you can approach his throne with boldness. I can preach with boldness because I know Jesus. Even in the midst of me being distracted, now y'all come in here, the people that's in here have your mask on in advance, tell them at the door, have a great big meeting, have a conference, and don't just start doing stuff all of a sudden. Tell people in the beginning what they got to do. And that's what God did. He told everybody in the beginning what they had to do. They didn't walk in the Holy of Holies unprepared. God had already told them, if you ain't right, don't come to me. But then he said, I know you can't get it right. I'm going to walk down 40 and two burning generations and roll myself in the flesh. Come out, Emmanuel. God is with us to make sure I cover you because you can't get it right. I feel the frustrations of God every day. Same bad time, same bad channel, still can't get it right. But Jesus said, I know you can't get it right. I'll do it myself. Abraham, I tried you, but you keep lying about your wife. I know she's fine, but you know, they ain't your sister. Well, she kind of your sister back then, but she your wife. Isaiah, stop cussing everybody out. I'm going to put hot coals on your tongue and get you right. Jeremiah, please stop crying. 
My God, what you crying about now? I told you I'm with you. Samson, Samson, come here, man. Now, the first time you told her what to do to take your strength, did she try that? And the second time, you, you, you really going to tell the truth? David, you can have all the women in the kingdom that ain't got no husband. You going to, Jesus, I know God, let me go and do your will. <laughs> So Jesus said, I'm going to walk down here and deal with it for you, God. And they're having a conversation. It's really Jesus and God talking about the bullets can't get you right. So Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, does it because you can't do it yourself. He gave him the authority. He gave him the power. Everything has to bow down in Jesus' name. Cancer has to bow down. Racism has to bow down. Death has to bow down. Nothing can hold you. Colossians 2 and 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is also the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what he is, which means if you don't know the Hebrew and Greek names of God, all you have to do in any given situation is say Jesus. He's the fullness of the Godhead's body. At the Godhead. If you don't know Jehovah Jireh is your provider, say Jesus. I just got to know that so you can know I know something. If you don't know Jehovah Rapha is your healer, just say Jesus. If you don't know Jehovah Shalom is your peace, just say Jesus. If you don't know El Shaddai is the God above every other God, just say Jesus. If you don't know Jehovah McKinnis is your sanctifier, just say Jesus. If you don't know Jehovah Rohe is your shepherd, just say Jesus. You don't need to know the names. All you need to know is Jesus' precious blood. Look at Ephesians 1, 7, 19 through 22. It says, in whom we have redeemed through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, that ye might know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things in the church. Everything is under his feet. So you know who else got stuff under their feet? You. Every knee shall bow. You adopted. Come on, somebody. Some of us had some kids that were not a mistake. <laughs> In Jesus' name. But you ain't mean to do it. There ain't no mistake. But it wasn't, how, how, how do white people say it? It wasn't Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love them. I hope. You, no, you love them. But, 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 but sometimes people make blessings unintentional. I said it right that time. But if you adopt a child, you know you wanted that child. So if God adopted you into the fold, you know he wanted you. He filled out the paperwork. He became the high priest in the flesh. Stepped out of 
divine holiness, step out of infinite time and space, walk into, into linear time, reduce himself down to his least common denominator so when he stepped in Mary's womb, it went buster open. Did all that, then let food the devil to send him to the cross because he hadn't sinned to make sure everything was legally set up. Oh, y'all don't hear me. God went through all that for you. And then you know what he did? Instead of having Pontius Pilate put him to death, Pontius Pilate washed his hands of him, and then who put him to the cross? The high priest. And it would have been an execution if Pontius Pilate didn't wash his hands, but once the high priest gave his assent, it became a sacrifice. He used the crooked high priest to make sure he did everything legally, to make sure the devil didn't have no legal hold on you, because what the devil did was break the law on Jesus. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He broke the law on Jesus. I, he broke the law on Jesus. You know how the cops do? They have an undercover cop, and they entice you. Talking to the dope dealers now. I don't know nothing about this. I just watch TV. I watch The Wire. Idris Elba taught me this. <laughs> you know how they, they try to lead you down the wrong path so they can lock you up because they feel like you already doing something wrong. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. God already knew the devil wanted to kill you, so he used all the devil's weaknesses to hate you so much that he led the devil down the wrong path to make sure that he killed Jesus. But Jesus said, don't get it twisted. I let you do it. I lay my life down to make sure that all the law was broken on Jesus, although he fulfilled it. The weight of death, the weight of sin is what? Death. He never was supposed to die. But because he was sent to the cross, he was able to legally lay his life down and then usher in grace. And you're still trying to go get a turtle dove. That's why he mad in verse 26. Ain't no more sacrifice for you. If you keep continuing in sin, we're saying if you keep on trying to bring your Old Testament stuff to me. That's why I wonder why other, why other religions, if they don't accept Jesus Christ, you should be killing bullocks and stuff to sacrifice. But I'm not encouraging that, Peter. No. The old sacrifices failed to perfect man, but the one perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ was perfected forever. Those who were set apart unto God. If a person comes to God through Jesus Christ, really believing Jesus Christ is the sacrifice for his or her sins, God sets that person apart. Because he's a true or she's a true follower of the son of the God. God counts the sacrifice. See, if God told you that that's what he accepts, that's what he accepts. Huh? God said, if you, I accept Jesus' sacrifice. I ain't accepting your dog. I ain't accepting your Gucci purse. I ain't accepting your marriage. I'm not accepting your money. I'm not accepting anything for the atonement of your sins but Jesus Christ. So if you believe in him and profess that he's my son and he's your savior, then I'll save you because I told you how to come to me. Don't you hate when people approach you the way you don't want them to approach you and you didn't already told them how to approach you? 
Punch me through Reverend Walden. Stop calling me. I don't want to talk to everybody all the time. You got a problem with music? Call Dre. You need a file? Call Esmond. Why are you calling me? God is saying, stop trying to come to me without coming to Jesus. Stop bringing me all this stuff I didn't ask you for. Stop disobeying my protocols. I told you how I'm going to save you. If you don't come that way, you ain't coming. I mean, this sermon took a life of its own. I'm telling you, it says Galatians 1.4 says, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He did it for us. He bore the sins for us by his stripes we're healed. Look at this though. I'm going to read this. Jeremiah uh, 31, 33 through 34 so I can show you everything either is a foretelling of what's to come in the New Testament or a shadow of what's to come. Everything in the Old Testament and New Testament go together. They are not one in different things. They are both the same because one, you couldn't do it. It's not that the law isn't holy. It can't make you holy because you can't get it right. Oh, my God. I, I feel Jesus. I feel him. I swear God has just given me patience. We ain't going to give it. Some people ain't going to never get it right. I ain't get it right and God patient with me. Now, you might not keep getting checks. You don't get it right. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeremiah 31, 33 to 34 says, but this is the new covenant. I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives saying you should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already says the Lord and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. So people saying how people gonna know God saying I already gave you the Holy Spirit to let you know. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm gotta, got ahead of myself just a little bit. But this, Hebrews 8, 10 through 12, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives saying, you should know the Lord. This sound the same, don't it? For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never remember their sins again. He's already telling you, you already know who God is. You just need to hear it every now and then to discover the truth that's already in you. You already know somebody that's at home looking at me and you already hanging over right now. God is letting you know right now that he's in your heart. You wonder how you got home last night and did, couldn't even see the road? It's because the Holy Spirit let you home to make sure that you didn't die. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? It wasn't a mistake that I talked to the dope dealers earlier today about the police. Stop selling it and he'll let you go. 
Oh, y'all don't hear me right now. I'm trying to talk to everybody. That's why. Oh, God, remind me to tell you something after this. The point is the Holy Spirit works within the believer and show you and lead you into all truth. He does four things. Since I saw Sister Reba, I was trying to make sure I did all my little points. The Holy Spirit puts power within the believer's heart and mind. He works within the believer to will and do God's pleasure. He stirs the believer to obey God and seek his face continually. Even when we fail, which we do too often, our hearts are stirred to seek forgiveness and to repent and to begin anew to follow and obey him. This is the difference between the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament condemned us and had no power to stir or energize us, but the new covenant, the Holy Spirit within us, does have the power to forgive and stir us and lead us to God new and afresh. Ephesians 4, 24 says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Two, the Holy Spirit imparts the knowledge of God and his will. The Holy Spirit draws the believer near God. He actually pulls the believer into the presence of God. He stirs the believer to approach God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to seek fellowship and communion with God day by day, to seek God for day by day cleansing and, and the sacrifice of Christ, to walk faithfully, obeying the laws of God. The Holy Spirit directs, teaches, guides, and quickens the believer to know and to follow God more and more and better and better. Three, the Holy Spirit bears witness and God forgives sins once and for all. He bears witness that God has accepted the believer and adopted him as a child of God. Galatians 4, 4 and 6 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because he are sons, God sent forth the spirit of the son into your heart. We already talked about adoption. Four. The Holy Spirit bears witness that there is no more need for sacrifice, that Jesus Christ is the perfect and eternal sacrifice for sin. The Holy Spirit gives absolute assurance of salvation. He is the security of the believer. Jesus Christ has opened up the way into God's presence. You ain't got to sprinkle yourself and walk in there. You can come in there as dirty as you are. But come in there with a repentant heart, and you can always hear straight from God. You just got to have a repentant heart. He already knows you're going to mess up. He already knew you was going to fall. The reason why he walked down here as a man is because he knew you couldn't get it right. He knew you would never be able to walk in perfection, so he came and did it for you. Stop thinking that you will ever be perfect. You never will be perfect, and God knows it. That's why. And it's funny. James confuses us. James said you will never be perfect. Perfect, but he said, you better try. Read James, James says, look here, you ain't never going to be perfect, but try to be perfect. Try to be perfect, but you ain't going to make it, but try your best to be. See, he lives in us. Some of us are too wrapped up. I'm going to say this. I'm going to skip on something. Um, God will give you victory over all of your trials. See, this is what you got to understand. Every knee shall bow, right? Every tongue shall confess, right? And you are adopted son or daughter, right? And everything going to bow down to Jesus, right? But you know right now you are a representative. You are an ambassador for Jesus. 
So do you understand that if every knee gonna bow, all your enemies, I ain't gonna say they're gonna have to bow down and worship, but what I'm saying, that weapon shall not prosper. You understand what I'm saying? God is saying everything is submitted to Jesus Christ and you walk in his adoption. See, some of us keep waiting to go to heaven before we walk in our authority. That's, that, that, it, when you go to heaven, you ain't going to have no problem. But when you down here, you're supposed to be walking in the power of Jesus Christ. And if you understand that he is your sacrificial lamb, you will walk in boldness. Too many of us get wrapped up in the world and we forget to draw near to God. We must have full assurance Full assurance means that unqualified assurance in Christ. We know that one person, the only way we can get to God's presence is through Jesus. I, that's all I want to say, and I'm going to get out of here in a minute. I just need you to understand, it ain't your works. Your tithes help you get blessed when you bring your full tithe to the storehouse, but it ain't going to get you to heaven. I'm keeping it 100. Your tithes do not get you to heaven. Now, when you're obedient and you bring him your blessing, he will give you a good measure of blessing, press down, shaking together and running over. He will open up the window of heaven and bless you, but that ain't going to get you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is, 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 is you having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You are justified, which means, remember, he calls you righteous. You are justified by faith. You are not holy. You are not perfect. You are not righteous. He calls you righteous because you have agreed that he is your savior and because he died for you, you acknowledge he did and so now you don't have to have another sacrifice because Jesus is your sacrifice. Jesus is your Sabbath. Sunday ain't your Sabbath. Saturday not your Sabbath. Jesus is your Sabbath. Jesus is your rest. Jesus is your assurance. Jesus is your victory. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your triumph. Jesus is your deliverer. Jesus is your blesser. Jesus is your blessing. It's Jesus. I'm going to read this and I'm going to sit down. The believer... It's not the doubt that Jesus Christ died for him or her. They believe it's not the doubt that Jesus Christ arose for him. They believe it's not to listen to the voices of doubt and false teaching. They believe it's not to let circumstances, trials, or temptations shake his or her faith in Christ. Note this. There is only one reason for holding our profession fast. What is this? God is faithful. Of that he promised. God keeps his word. And he's the one who... He's the one who has promised to let the sacrifice of Christ count as the sacrifice for our sins. God is the one who has promised to accept us in Christ, to accept us in his perfection and righteousness. God would do exactly what he said. He is faithful. Therefore, let us hold fast to the profession of our hope without wavering. We have been saved and will inherit eternal life, given the glorious privilege of living with God forever and ever in the new heavens and new earth. He died for you and me. Is that one that wants to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is that one outside in the parking lot, put your flashes on, toot your horn, and somebody will come to you? If you're on the internet, Instagram, or whatever, inbox us, Facebook, YouTube, and we'll make sure we get back with you. If you want to be saved, let us know. If you need a church home, do the same thing. Toot your horn or inbox us on Facebook. If you need prayer, do the same thing. Someone will come to you in a social distance. We are here for you however you need us to be.
We're flawed and messed up just like you. We don't judge you for what you're going through because we've gone through similar things. The Bible didn't say Jesus was tempted at everything we did, but it said he was tempted at all points, which means everything he can relate to you because he was tempted. I can relate to you because I've been tempted before. I might not have ever been on crack, but I got some problems. Might not have been a dope dealer, but I got some shortcomings. Might not have robbed the bank, but I've done wrong. Just because I'm preaching don't make me better than you. It just means that's what God called me to do outside of the congregation, within the congregation. We all are a body of believers. We all have different calls. He's called for the organ. He's called for the bass. He's called for the drum. They call for music. They call for singing. I'm called to preach. You called to evangelize. You called to be an executive pastor. Everybody's called to do something in the body of Christ because we're all one body connected to the head, which is Christ. And so I fall short just like you do. But the thing about it is I fall short just like you do in the same way that God can do mighty works through me. He can do mighty works through you because we're all covered with the same precious blood of Jesus.